All right, y'all. Welcome back to the Shy Podcast. I'm Cody. I'm Tatiana. I'm Luke. And today we're covering supplements. So supplements are obviously huge in the fitness industry. What one should I be taking? What one shouldn't I be taking? What ones actually do anything for me? What ones are worth the value that I'm paying for them? Um, and kind of who says that a supplement is worth anything? So who's regulating? Who's the government uh, regulating body over supplements in general? Um, here in America is, is the FDA, the Food and Drug Administration. So, I mean, Luke, you did a little bit of research on mm-hmm. who the FDA is, like how they came into fruition, what they why they're the people that tell us what supplements we should be taking. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. Um, yep. So the FDA, um, so they, they just basically describe um, a supplement as anything intended to add further nutritional value um, to your diet. So um, some of the things that they will do or used to do um, up until 1994, um, there was an act that was passed. It's called the DHEA. Um, and Basically, it took out a lot of the regulation that was in place uh, for supplements. Um, so up until that point, um, they were took a similar approach to, to pharmaceuticals. Um, but when that act was passed, basically, um, it really took out a lot of the regulation in the supplement industry. And that's when it really exploded was post-1994. Mm-hmm. Um, up until that point, it was expensive um, to do the research. It was also a lot uh, more difficult to get approved to put a supplement on the market. Um, nowadays, it's super easy. It's very unregulated. Um, just about anybody can start a supplement brand and make claims as far as the benefits of their supplements, yeah. uh, which is crazy. Uh, and then a lot of them are underdosed. So that's super common um, when they started doing a lot of research and analyzing some of these um, supplements that are out there. Most of them are underdosed. So, for example, they might say you're getting 30 grams of protein per serving mm-hmm. when in reality you might be getting 15 to 20. Um, proprietary blends is another thing we'll, we'll probably touch on. But yeah. basically they'll, they'll give you a big list of ingredients and they'll say this is our proprietary blend. Um, and when in fact the active ingredients or the ingredients that will probably give you some sort of benefit are in very small doses. And then for the most part, it, it's just fillers. So you're paying for something that's a lot of the times doing absolutely nothing for you. And so I think we just first want to hit on the FDA and just how, how unregulated supplements are in the first place. Um, going deeper, we'll talk about some of the supplements more in detail, some of the most popular ones. Um, and then uh, from there, it's really up to you guys to do your research on what brands are right for you or what brands do have a reputation or actually do have some science behind them. Um, and a good reputation. So first one I think we'll start on is one that almost everybody takes, uh, protein, protein Mm -hmm. supplement. Protein. We all need our protein. Um, So protein is essential to the human diet, and it can be found in any pretty much almost all animal products. But what I want to talk about is just protein as a supplement. So if you're supplementing protein, um, what that does to your body, why it's important, the different kind of proteins that there are out there, Um, and how it can help benefit you as well. So first, let's talk about why protein is important. So especially, I'm just going to talk to our audience that I think are all involved in fitness. Yeah. Um, For those of you that are out there and you're breaking down muscles, you are strength training, you are putting your body under stress, what you're doing is just breaking down muscles. And protein is important to help rebuild muscle, repair tissues, Um, and help develop enzymes and hormones. Um, It's basically the building block for bones, muscle, and skin. 
Um, and so what I really want to make sure that everyone knows is that protein doesn't need to be supplemented if you are getting enough in your diet. Um, that's why we everything is called a supplement. Um, so the most important, I think I would say the most commonly used protein is whey protein because it's most soluble. Um, it's also a complete protein, so it contains all nine amino acids um, that are necessary for the human diet. Um, and it, the way whey protein is actually, it's not vegan. It's I think it's made from milk, <laughs> made from cow's mm. milk. Um, and it's just easily absorbed into the body. Um, another protein is casein protein. This is rich in glutamine, and it's an amino acid that helps speed up muscle recovery. And this is mostly found in people, or people take casein, I think, post-workout because um, it's just easily digestible and it goes straight to helping rebuild muscles. Um, the body digests this one a little bit more slowly, um, so it's best to take this one at night or post-workout. Another protein is soy protein. It's an alternative to whey and casein for people who don't want to consume dairy. Um, this one also has all essential amino acids. Um, pea protein is a plant-based protein that contains pea powder and is high, has high quality as well. And it's also, it has a good source of amino acids, but I don't think it has all nine. Um, the last protein I want to talk about is hemp seeds. So hemp seeds are complete proteins as well. And they also contain some fatty acids. This is usually found in vegan proteins and almost all plant-based proteins. But um, protein is super important. And it's also, um, there's a couple studies that show that a lot of Americans are deficient in protein or just not getting enough. There's a study that showed that people are close to, uh, they're getting less than 50 to 30 grams per day. So, I mean, that explains why people, you know, they're not always hitting their goals, mainly because they're not getting enough protein, especially if they're breaking down their muscles and their body day in and day out. Um, but protein is super important. And I would say that it's essential to most of our audience and especially all of my clients. Um, and I will say that almost every single one of my clients that started working with me in nutrition, they were all under eating in protein. Yeah. So. And, and, and I think it's important to touch on, I just brought this graphic up. When you're talking about protein, we're looking at protein in general and, and we are a food first podcast. Mm -hmm. um, we're talking about protein efficiency. So mm -hmm. <clears throat> how many calories do I have to consume to get the most optimal amount of protein. So like I am not vegan. Mm -hmm. Um, no, no, <laughs> but I mean, based on the studies that I've seen in, in a graphic that I pulled up right here, there are more calories per like 100 grams, um, of a product. Let's talk about like tofu, um, versus like a standard, like tuna. So hundred grams of tuna mm -hmm. is 25 grams of protein. 100 grams of tofu is 13 grams of protein. So in order for you to hit 25 grams of protein, you have to consume more tofu. So you can get in a caloric surplus, I guess you'd say easier, which is kind of counterintuitive because you wouldn't think of like vegan bodybuilders. But like if you need to eat a ton of food, you can go ahead and get into like a caloric surplus by eating more of these vegan products. And I have a buddy that tried vegan for a little bit, but he found himself just eating a ton of food. We talk about like digestion and what foods are processed easier. That's a whole nother I guess you say debate. Like mm -hmm. I have a buddy who can't eat, he can't drink whey protein because 
he's like, um, he can have dairy products. Yeah. So it's like, if you're lactose intolerant, like he's, he just can't touch it, you know? Yeah. So he's on a vegan protein. Uh-huh. Yeah. <coughs> but and when you're talking about how optimal it is, I guess you'd say that whey would be like one of the most like efficient proteins it is, that there yeah. are. Yeah. I do a whey protein and um, going back to the vegan, I was talking to Luke about this earlier and I was like, I love plant-based products, but it's just, it's in terms of volume. It's Correct, just so much yeah. necessary to eat. You have to eat so much when it comes to plant-based foods to get the amount of protein um, versus just eating an animal-based protein. So like we're all about the plant-based, but when it comes to hitting your goals, like find a protein that works for you. Um, and Luke had mentioned earlier that, you know, we have to eat <laughs> a lot of animal products already when it comes to hitting our goals. So it may be best to reach for a plant-based um, protein if you don't want to just be consuming animal products, you know, in your diet every day. Yeah, of course. And I mean, um, protein, I think, is, is one of the most important macronutrients mm. of oh, the yeah, three, you sure. know. So uh, I find most people that I deal with are super deficient in protein. And you can see visibly on someone they're lacking muscle density or whatever it might be. Oh, yeah. um, another thing, and, and I'll touch on it because I want to touch on creatine. <coughs> but um, creatine, first and foremost, uh, it's in our diet already. Mm-hmm. So red meats consume large amounts of creatine. It, the answer is it depends on um, how much creatine you should have on a daily basis. And that kind of changes. I personally am like in the three to five grams a day. Um, but we'll kind of touch on that. So first and foremost, what is creatine? What, back when I was in high school, I always heard like, oh, you don't want to take creatine because it just puts water in your muscles and it's like that's fake. I heard yeah. And too. that's what I always thought. Um, in the last year I've supplemented with creatine because I, I truly understand the benefits now. And there's a bunch of different types of creatine out there, but like the one that actually has peer reviewed studies and creatine is probably the most peer reviewed of all supplements is, um, there's like over a thousand, a thousand peer reviewed uh, studies on it is the monohydrate. So monohydrate creatine, like, first of all, what does it do? It increases the amount of ATP and ATP mm-hmm. is adenotriphosphate, <clears throat> the amount of ATP that's stored in your body. Um, ATP is used for energy and within every cell in your body. So more creatine, more ATP, your, your cells have more energy, i.e. they can create more muscle. Um, so protein synthesis is one of the things that have been shown to increase from these studies. Mm-hmm. So you, you literally have the higher, I guess you'd say, muscle building potential with the more ATP that's in your body. <clears throat> um, so that's one benefit that you could reap. Another one is it does store muscle within your water, uh, store, store water within your muscle, sorry. Mm-hmm. And uh, that doesn't say that you're bloated because, you know, like you feel like super bloated, like you're, you're have a ton of water, like you're super overhydrated. And muscles already have a lot of water. Exactly. Muscles are like about 70% of water already and people don't realize that mm-hmm. um, because when you're super dehydrated, your muscles obviously are contracted and that's when you have muscle injuries mm-hmm. and whatnot. So obviously having full... Um, muscle bellies full of water via creatine isn't at a benefit in that facet. Um, there has been, and we're not making any claims on this podcast, but there has been links to cog- increased cognitive functioning um, in elderly and among people just in general, but to kind of tie back into why we're a food first podcast. So creatine is found in red meat. Mm-hmm. So who need, who doesn't eat red meat? You have your vegetarians, pescatarians, and, and vegan 
people that are on those diets. So you're already lacking creatine. And so when you look at the word supplement in general, um, it's like in addition to. So all supplements are really in addition to your diet. Mm -hmm. So if you're not getting creatine from your diet because you don't have, you don't eat red meat, which is probably the most dense meat as far as creatine goes, you need to supplement or you should supplement creatine. So I'm pro creatine on that, on that facet. Um, when you're looking at just creatine's ability to help people grow, um, it increases your, your ATP stores. So how frequently should you be dosing with creatine? Um, I've seen different things. I've seen people take it on days that they work out. I've seen people that take it once in the morning, they take it post-workout, pre-workout. Um, once you've increased your, your ADP stores within your muscles, it doesn't really matter as frequently as you take it. I personally take two to five grams daily. Um, and that's creatine monohydrate. Uh, a lot of these supplement companies, they'll try to sell you on taking massive amounts of creatine, but a lot of supplements in general, you need to, you, they're only as good as your fast as your body can digest and use them. So if you're taking an excess, you're just paying out most of these supplements that you're spending tons and tons and tons of money on. So the, the takeaways that I have just on creatine in general, um, I dose with it daily. Mm -hmm. It definitely has a lot of added benefit in regards to your muscles and your muscle bellies and how full they can be. Um, because your body naturally produces creatine, anything that you add to your body or supplement to your body that naturally produces creatine, um, let's take testosterone, for example. Like people supplement testosterone. If you take testosterone and you supplement it, your body will start naturally incre uh, producing less testosterone. Mm -hmm. So the question always comes up, should you cycle on and off creatine? Um, by those standards, I would say yes, because if you're supplementing creatine for years on, your body's like, all right, I don't need to do it. Your body adapts so well. Mm -hmm. So I would say do it for a few months, come off for a few months, constantly test your levels to make sure that your body's still producing creatine naturally. And the big thing is, is to get it from food initially so that you're not just blowing a bunch of money down the drain and understand like who it's for. So everybody has muscles. Everybody needs to have muscles and strong muscles preferably. But if your goal isn't to be have full round muscles, then understand like the amount of creatine that you're going to be taking. Um, but there are, there have been shown studies that creatine is linked to a healthier heart. Mm -hmm. So everybody obviously needs a healthy heart, your heart's a muscle. So understand that this isn't just a bodybuilder's um, supplement and that's in that case. And that's something that I found was, was interesting to me when I first started studying up on over the last year. And I think it is a, it's a good base supplement that people should be taking. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah, definitely. But yeah. Yeah, I feel the same. And creatine is one of those ones, like you're saying, there's a ton of peer-reviewed science out on it. Mm -hmm. um, <clears throat> not all supplements have a whole lot of data to back them up, but creatine is one of the few that actually does. Um, so I believe in it as well. Um, I want to touch on protein one more time because we kind of moved on quickly. Um, and just like yes or no, do you, do you need it? Mm -hmm. Do you yes. need a, a protein supplement? I should say. Um, do you uh, need a no. protein supplement? No, no you, you don't. don't need it. Like like Cody said, we're we're a food first podcast. So if you're getting all of your protein needs through your food, through eating your food, that's ideal. Um, where a protein supplement really can come in handy is it's just super convenient. So it's a quick, yeah. easy way to get an extra, you know, 30, 40 grams of protein in your diet. Mm -hmm. um, what you shouldn't be doing though is taking 
like five protein shakes a day, right? Yeah. Yeah. Um, just to touch on that too. So the big thing, like you said, is convenience. Mm. Um, so I eat right now like 230 grams of protein a day <laughs> or I consume rather not just eat. Um, if on days that I don't work out, I have more time to cook and I'll just generally eat all of my, all of my protein because like eight ounces of grilled chicken, I think is like 73 grams of protein or something like that. So right there in that one meal, and that's without adding any sort of rice or anything else, um, I'm getting a ton of protein. So do you need to supplement protein? Not necessarily, like you're saying. Yeah. You can't get it all from food. Yeah, it's Mm. super convenient. But does it help? Yes. And especially like with that, what Tati hit on is that most people are protein deficient. Um, So going from eating very little protein to eating what you actually need, it's going to feel like a ton of food to you. Um, So an easy way to to supplement that would be with protein. So I think all of us take protein here. Yeah. I take a protein supplement. Um, I do a plant-based one only because I do eat a lot of animal-based proteins. Um, And so just to to break it up a little bit, um, give me something different, I do a plant-based. Um, but I do eat meat, so it's not, it's not because I'm vegan and like protein, like the protein shakes, like say a protein shake, for example, like the one that I take from ON, it's like 31 grams of protein and then three grams of carbs. A lot of times you need to fill just protein. Nobody wants to eat just a chicken breast or just a can of tuna Mm -hmm. because you always want to eat something. So you have like chicken and rice and it's like, all right, well, can I afford 70 grams of carbs in my diet? So um, understanding that's why meal planning is so big. And that's why when you guys work with people on meal planning, it's like understanding, setting yourself up for success for the day. So pro like a protein shake is easy. Like a casein protein shake at night is mm-hmm. easy to fill like just that protein bucket. If you want to look at it like that, mm-hmm. where you don't have to just choke down like dry tuna right. in the yeah. evening or something right. like that. You know, mm-hmm. my, um, real quick, I was going to talk about my roommate the other day she's been trying to be more plant-based and she was logging her macros um and she had already hit her carbs and her fats and she had like 90 grams of protein left for the day and she was like what's plant-based that's just protein mm-hmm. you know you can barely find anything so yeah it's supplementing exactly protein like is, it's beneficial for most people mm-hmm. and i don't even know if there's like a there's not like an isolate for vegan protein right because you're still going to get like you're I gonna get some isolate. carbs and you're gonna get some yeah. fats but there are some that are few that are okay. low in yeah you fats. can find like the yeah. one luke takes yeah you can find plant-based that um have very little carbs and fats so th- yeah. those do exist um, versus like like you hit on earlier eating it in your food where um plant-based isn't going to be primarily protein or it might be primarily protein but it's also going to be those other things you're also going to get a lot of fats and carbs that come with it so mm-hmm. um yeah so protein it's a go yeah yeah it's, yeah. it's good Whether and you're i have helpful i have a full shelf on top of my refrigerator of protein supplements. I have casein, I have whey, I have, I don't have a blend, um, but I have like a complex. Um, and just going back, like looking for efficient protein. So mm-hmm. do you need all the extra stuff? Mm-hmm. Do you really want your body just churning out, digesting stuff that it's not, or just not even digesting and just passing it through and right. it's more harsh on your kidneys and yeah. and whatnot. But yeah. yeah, but yeah, protein is one that we could talk oh, forever on. Yeah, you know? seriously, yeah. Um, and what then creatine is, is another like, yeah, like creatine is yeah. one that I literally, I didn't start taking within the, I started taking within the last year. And like I said, it was like that thing that I always thought that it's like, Oh, it just fills your muscles. And when you stop taking it, then you're, you're, you deplete. You deplete yeah. yeah. Um, mm. but it's super important. I think, yeah. I think it's super important that everybody has it in some facet, but look at your diet first. Yeah. Um, the to touch on 
and I put this I put this in here, but like you'll get five grams of creatine for every two gram two pounds of red meat. So like steak. So two pounds is a lot for most people. Like I could eat two pounds of steak in a day and like I'll just hit my protein goal. But remember five grams is like how much creatine I'm taking in a day. Mm -hmm. So you might even need to dose with a little bit less. So um, the supplement that I currently take has 2.5 grams of creatine monohydrate per serving. So I know that I'm at least getting half of what I need on a daily basis and then I supplement the rest of the food. There you go. It's the way supplements are made to be right there. Exactly. should we hit on uh the most famous one yeah the most famous one um pre-workouts um so i'm gonna i'm gonna read a list of um known effects of uh, side effects of pre-workouts and then you let me know if this is something you would want to take on a daily basis so vomiting tingling numbness in the face lips or extremities jitters cramps headaches flushed and red skin trouble sleeping anxiety itching high blood pressure, kidney damage, and chest pain. That's how you know it's working. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, so this is for, obviously, for a lot of the more extreme uh, pre-workouts out there. Yeah. There are some. They're, they're starting to make a lot more uh, stimulant-free pre-workouts. Yeah. Um, things are the, a, a whole lot better for you. But for the most part, this list that I just read could be applied to the the pre-workout that you're probably taking um i don't personally use one where are you guys at on pre-workouts if it's gonna get me to the gym if it's the difference between me getting to the gym and not i'll take some but like for the most part not on a regular basis no no i'm yeah. all I'm i coffee. take them every day yeah i take them every day because uh, not a stim one every day. So I'm big now in the last like six months, I've been looking at my caffeine consumption in general because, uh, I don't want to become caffeine dependent, mm-hmm. which is, mm-hmm. uh, caffeine's a supplement whether one of people want to think it or not. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. but I definitely don't want to become caffeine dependent. I know that I haven't in the past. Uh, I take pre-workout, I would say primarily for the ritual. And so I'll say that to people. I grew up, I mean, taking pre-workout before the gym. I've been working out for like what 15 years now. So you take it before the gym. Like I said, I used to take it before football practice, football games. Um, probably shouldn't be taking it before that, <laughs> but, um, there, there's like, I don't know. There's something about taking your pre-workout on the way to the gym that gets your mind. And the strongest effect you'll find in any single drug or whatever it is, is the placebo effect. So yeah. if that's the case and that's the case, um, but uh, I for sure have weaned myself off of it. And my buddy also always talked about um, caffeine and doing non-stim pre-workouts. And I was like, dude, like I used to, like, I used to take, this was like five years ago, <clears throat> I used to take like 350 milligrams of caffeine in my pre-workout. It's like Not like in addition, but like my, my pre-workout had 350 milligrams of caffeine and I would take that after work at 6 p.m. Yeah, understanding the half-life of caffeine now like my body wasn't actually going to sleep probably to like 1 a.m mm-hmm. um but uh obviously not not the best thing for me uh where i was for sure at in my life too with working a nine-to-five desk job and i wasn't working at night you know but um pre-workout like i said i've i've weaned myself off the stimulant pre-workout because um also when you talk about working out and you're talking about getting the pump and everybody's always chasing the pump, depending on if you're working out like your arms or whatnot. 
Um, caffeine is a vasodilator. I mean, it constricts your, your blood vessels. So it's harder to get a pump if you have caffeine in your system. Um, that's just science. So you want to take, uh, I, sorry, it's a vasoconstrictor. You want to take a vasodilator, something that opens up your blood vessels. So I've looked more on the side of that. If you're looking for that pump for a pre-workout, not something that's going to constrict your blood vessels. So, yeah. And yeah. And caffeine is one of the main ingredients in um, just about every pre-workout. Yeah. I'd say minimum on most of them. 150 milligrams. Yeah. And I've seen some that go all it's the way low up to end. 300 mm-hmm. yeah. um, in a serving. So 300 milligrams of caffeine. And a lot of what pre-workout is, uh, people are so like a lot of people like, like I don't want to take CBD cause I can't feel it. A lot of what people love about pre-workout is that you can feel it. Yeah. Like, it's instant. Yeah. yeah. And we live in the world, myself included, of like instant <laughs> gratification, you yeah. know? Right. So if I can feel it, then I know it's working. Mm-hmm. And that's if you can't the, feel your face. then yeah. <laughs> It's a big thing about pre-workout. And I, and I used to love that. I used to love the jacked up beta alanine and the yeah. flush. I mean, I'm black, so I don't have a red face, but I used to feel like I was hot, you know? Uh-huh. Um, and you're like, all right, cool. It's working. But you don't really know what's going on inside of your body. Did right. you ever take pre-workout, Luke? Like growing like no no I I mean I've obviously I've tried them but I've I've always I've always really stayed away from caffeine and uh, and other stimulants Uh, I think I'm pretty sensitive to them as part of the reason why so I I don't feel good when I when Mm -hmm. I take that stuff Um, see I've never never really never really taken it on a consistent basis other than just trying it here and there Um, I actually like the challenge of uh, feeling tired. And not wanting to go to the gym, but going in and doing it anyways. You know what I mean? So, I, like, for me, <laughs> it's, I kind of, <laughs> I cannot relate. I kind of see it as a challenge um, versus, you know, going to uh, a stimulant Yeah. And, mm-hmm. um, to get myself to be able to get into the gym. I kind of see it as a challenge. So, it's a way to, like, push myself and motivate myself. It's like, yeah, you don't want to do it, but, like, get your ass in the gym. Um, <laughs> yeah, and I mean, looking at, you said you're, you're, you're sensitive to like the stimulant, like people need to understand like your bodies are so adaptive that you're continuing to set the bar and raise the bar for what you need to get your ass up and go to the gym, you know? Mm -hmm. Uh, So if you're taking those uh, high in caffeine pre-workouts every single day after having two cups of coffee at work, like you've ingested probably somewhere close to like 600 milligram, 500, 600 milligrams of caffeine on a daily basis. Mm -hmm. So now you're telling your body just to operate on like a normal day need to have that much caffeine it's not good to become caffeine dependent long term no yeah so i mean for people that do use pre-workout cycling when you do take it is probably important yep you know like if you're gonna go do yoga you don't need (laughs) pre-workout um you know something like that like your low intensity workouts i don't know if you if you do choose to take it like i said i'm pro pre-workout for my own reasons but everybody needs to supplement appropriately. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, to hit on what you just talked about too, is the adaptation through the body. Um, one of the things that happens, it's a, it's going to change your brain chemistry. So there's, um, a receptor it's called adenosine. If I'm saying that correctly, hopefully I am. Um, uh, basically it, it will produce, uh, more of it. It's, it's actually, the, um, something that makes you feel tired. Mm-hmm. And so your body caffeine blocks those receptors. And so your body will naturally produce more of that uh, because it's it's being blocked by caffeine. And that's why a lot of times you feel super tired without your caffeine because now your body's increased 
um, to compensate for that caffeine intake, meaning you're going to have to keep on taking more and yeah. more caffeine or you're not going to feel right. And the reason why you don't feel right is because your brain chemistry is changing. And so then you do become dependent. Um, it hasn't been recognized as a, um, by the APA as a addictive substance, but it's, it's well on its way. Yeah. Um, so it's, mm-hmm. it's, it will be soon. It For hasn't been yet. Yep. Yeah. yeah. It yes. will be soon, but it hasn't been yet. Um, so get ready for that. It's coming. So if you are one of those people that's super caffeine dependent, um, I know some people take upwards five, 600 milligrams a day. You know, they're drinking three, four rock stars throughout their day. Um, the best way to get off of that is to slowly come off of mm-hmm. it. Yeah. Um, so that you can adjust what those body chemistry things are happening. Those brain chemistry things that are happening, you slowly wean yourself off and that way you gives your body time to adjust to taking less of it. Yeah. And people need to understand internally, your body is constantly fighting to be at homeostasis. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So you're always just like, there's a signals that your body is sending that make you tired. It's constantly sending ones that say that you need to be awake and those need to be in current balance, depending on your circadian rhythm. Like in the middle of the day, your body should feel more awake than it is tired. If not, then something's off. Yeah. So if something just feels off and you're just tired at 5 p.m. because you usually take caffeine and you don't you're not today or you haven't been for the last few days it's because your body is telling you like hey we need caffeine as a supplement or hey we need more food right yeah because you just pulled it out um so it's really important to stay in tune with your body i mean we'll go over um what is it like intuitive eating Mm -hmm. intuitive dieting whatnot and then for sure with supplementation um if anything is so great probably not that great for you no if something like makes it so you can you can you've never gone to the gym once and now all of a sudden going to the gym is so easy it's probably too good to be true yeah. <laughs> you know right. um but yeah again these are just our uh, well a lot of it is facts and science but sometimes you take it or leave it with the opinion like i sure. know what's in pre-workout but i still take it takes it anyway um <laughs> <laughs> uh, all right so sum it up pre-workouts do you need them no, you do not. No, you don't need anything. Really. Yeah, you really don't, you need, don't need anything. <laughs> uh, do you need them? No. Um, can they be helpful and useful? Yes. Um, are you maybe somebody that's more sensitive to that stuff and should stay away? That's up to you to decide. Um, so yeah, that's pre-workout. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, to, and sorry to close on that again. Like, we really have to look at where food first, probably sleep second, and then I mean, you could even tie into like on a daily basis what sort of stresses you're putting yourself under. Mm-hmm. So. Look at your diet first, then look at your sleep second. Because you choose to sleep three hours a night, you don't say like, oh, yeah, I have to take pre-workout because I like to do whatever people do at night at five hours, (laughs) sit on Instagram. So, like, look at some of your other habits before you lean on a supplement, you know? Yeah. Yeah. But, yeah, you want to roll through this? or? Yeah. Um, So, moving on. Yeah. Let's talk about fat burners. Mm. I just told Luke I didn't I know those were still a thing. They are I remember they were big back <laughs> they, in the day. Um, yeah. Yeah. And I mean with obesity still on the rise and fat burners popping up on every shelf, I mean, do you think they're working? What? I don't even know what's in a fat burner to be hundred percent honest. I honestly I just know that it was a combination of ingredients, but looking more into like the research, it's just a bunch of things like put together and Many fat burners are not, I should say the ingredients in fat burners are not regulated by the FDA and they can be dangerous to your health. So let's dive into this. (laughs) So fat burners, I mean, they are a combination of a couple different ingredients. They can include um, caffeine, 
L-cartonine, um, green tea, um, and then some other words that I like can't pronounce. <laughs> Yobane, chromium, raspberry, ketones, <laughs> and all of this stuff. So when you think of a fat burner, you think like, oh, this is going to help me burn fat. <laughs> but that's not always the case. So what we really want to, and we, we're going to keep saying this, but this, nothing's going to work unless you do, right? The best way to burn fat, we all know, is to be in a caloric deficit um, and work on strength training, um, but not putting yourself in a deficit, um, not getting enough macronutrients, overtraining, and then trying to take a fat burner because you think this is going to help you burn uh, body fat. So the way fat burners are claimed to work is that they stimulate and release some sort of um, neurotransmitters, and they can help produce a faster uh, metabolism. So they work as thermogenics. You, if you guys have ever taken a fat burner or a thermogenic, yeah. you get hot, right? Your body, it, ne- it needs to move. You have this energy. Um, you start sweating. <laughs> and it just, it, honestly, I've taken one in the past. And uh, I mean, I didn't really love the feeling. I just took it because I wanted to experiment with it. This was back when I was like in prep. But um, that's what it does. It just kind of speeds up your fat metabolism. You burn a little bit more calories because you get hot. Um, your body produces more heat. And so several factors induce thermogenic in your body, including like exercise, your diet, um, your environmental temperature. Um, but thermogenics can promote weight loss because it helps increase your body's caloric burn. Um, so, I mean, let's just... That's like r- that's like reaching. Like, yeah. Like there's so many yeah. other ways to just burn more calories. Right. Like if, that, if the... Like the end, sleep more. You know what I mean? <laughs> exactly. Like <laughs> if like the end goal, is, like how fat burners work is saying that you burn more calories. Like yeah. there's mm-hmm. literally so many more ways to burn calories. That like are good said. for you. Exactly. Yeah. Start with foods that are going to help you. There's even foods, I mean, I don't know that, that they, they say promote fat loss. They're promote, they're just highly acidic, so they just spike. Yeah, like coffee. Levels. Exactly. Coffee's yeah. a natural fat burner. Exactly. So things like that. And then on top of it, like you have people that are eating in a caloric surplus and high, highly processed food, so they're hard to digest. So your body's constantly working super it's hard. And then you throw yeah. this fat burner in and your heart's like, dude, like, yeah. come on. Give yeah, it chance, has to work you know? so much harder. And yeah. that is why that one of the side effects of fat burners are increased risk of heart attack. Yeah. Um, let me go over a few more. So um, fat burners can also cause headaches. And I have um, experience with that one. I was taking a supplement, you know, L- L-carnitine. Yeah, right? mm-hmm. yeah, so I was taking that and I would get killer <coughs> headaches, like major, like, you know, those headaches were like, oh, this is because... Yeah, I don't know, lack of sleep or something. Yeah. Like I knew it was that supplement. Um, fat burners can also increase insomnia, um, behavioral changes. Um, they've gone through, I think, like irritability, mood swings, aggressiveness, nervousness, stomach problems. Liver damage is a big one. And there was a couple studies shown that ingredients in fat burners have been related to deaths. So like the DNP supplement that's not regulated at all. So um, just to like kind of <laughs> go into the conclusion, I'm not trying to be biased. I'm just trying to give you guys the facts as to what's in a fat burner and what I found on the internet. <laughs> Everything that I looked up that was for fat burners ended to be like um, advertisement for a fat burner. Mm. Yeah. But everything that wasn't advertising fat burners showed that they are not really that great for you. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. 
I, I'm anytime anybody asks me about like a supplement or should they take this fat burner? My answer is no. And then if their answer is still like, well, you know, like I don't have time to do cardio in the morning. I'm like, well then you're not prioritizing correctly yeah. or something like along those lines, because as far as like the health risks, which you could go either way on, but I'm going to assume that there's a lot more health risks and benefits at all mm-hmm. based on what you've said. Uh, I just don't see a lot of this stuff being good for your body. No. I don't think putting your body in a, like cooking your insides <laughs> is good for your organs either. Raising your internal temperature. Yeah. There's mm-hmm. a reason why it's always 98.7 or whatever the hell it is. Yeah. Um, I, I don't know. I, I wouldn't advise like, so the way that I always think about it when I'm people ask me what supplements to take, is like, would I tell someone that I care about or like a kid to take? If I don't think that it's safe enough for that, then yeah, I wouldn't prescribe it, I guess you'd mm-hmm. say. And, and I'm not a nutritionist. I'm not a dietitian. I'm not any of those things. But I can read. And I know how <laughs> they've made me feel. Yeah. Um, and I have friends that like they even do the home remedy ones. What was the? It was CLA. Or no, not CLA. But it was um, caffeine, oh, yeah. ephedrine, and aspirin people would take Jeez. so you speed up your you speed up your heart rate with caffeine you thin your blood with aspirin and then whatever ephedrine does which you literally can't even buy because <laughs> people make drugs out of it yeah. <laughs> that's um, yeah that's, these are all and that's like you're looking at like your headaches like you're literally thinning yes. your blood you have blood rushing to your head it just doesn't sound for what you're getting out of it when you could literally just eat less right or walk a little bit or more. just move a little more yeah. yeah CLAs are another one that's another common fat burning ingredient yeah. it, it's also been shown to cause serious damage to your thyroid um, which which regulates um, those fat burning hormones so mm-hmm. most of the time or a lot of the time you're hurting yourself especially in the long term more than you're helping yourself so like it yes it might work in that short term you're moving more um, you're all hopped up you're jacked up um, so you might be burning a few more calories, mm-hmm. but at what cost, right? At the cost of your health. Exactly. So yeah. for so, me, it's a hard no as well. Yeah, I would say it's a no as well. I mean, I know there's, I know a couple of gals that are like in the competition world or they're trying really hard to like lower their body fat percentage and like that's the extra step that they want to take. But, um, I mean, they're already doing this damage, like being in a deficit long term, or they're already taking like other supplements or even some you know are on steroids so i mean it's fat burner that much worse so yeah. Yeah. i wouldn't say that they are necessary nor are they good for you yeah yeah and you touched on thyroid health in general um building up a dependency let's say that this does work are you going to take this your whole life <laughs> that's how you have to look at supplements in general let's say that this does work and it has such great effects. Is this something that you want to take your whole life because your body is going to basically say like your thyroid is going to be like, all right, well, I don't have to do anything anymore. <laughs> it's going to stop working. Um, I have family members that are on thyroid medication, not because of this, just because of other poor health habits, but having a deficient thyroid sucks. Yeah. And now you're supplementing with prescription medication in your older age or even younger, you know, yeah. um, cause you did serious damage when you're younger. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I would say, Thyroid's a huge one because everybody wants to lose fat. Be mindful of what you put in your body that affects your thyroid. Mm-hmm. That goes from yeah. fat burners, pre-workouts, anything that can negatively affect or positively affect mm-hmm. thyroid health. Yeah, and just be super cautious of like the ingredients <coughs> of whatever you're putting into your body. If it's if there's a company um, promoting 
um, that this is going to help you burn fat, do whatever, honestly. It's probably also going to take a different effect on different parts of your body. So just be careful of what you put into your body. Um, do your research. Yeah. And you, yeah. you touched on companies. The big thing that you want to look at too when like picking a supplement is do your research on the company. So mm. I work with one company specifically um, because that company is a reputable brand. They've been in business forever. They're an international brand. Um, and they cover the full um, skew of supplements. Do they do some better than others? Yeah. But um, if a company is willing to put their name out there on a full, like the, every skew of supplements, it means a lot more to me rather than this one-off company that makes all they do is they just make pre-workout if it's a smaller company and they're just starting and like they they started with that but if it's like all right we make this really good pre-workout because we know that we can profit the most off of it is that really a company that you want to work in with it and like i know a little bit about supplement manufacturing i know where the margins are the best at i know where the market is willing to spend on a pre-workout on a protein um, mm -hmm. a lot of proteins are expensive to make that's because the products that on a quality protein are expensive to use so if, mm -hmm. if it's like an expensive protein generally has higher quality ingredients in there mm -hmm. so look at look at the companies that you're buying these from um i mean i don't go as i wouldn't say go as far as like do they do animal testing and things like that because mm -hmm. that's a rabbit hole that you can go down <laughs> but uh like you said touching on that with the companies like look at where you're getting your supplements from um and what they offer um do you want to jump into the next one yeah, we can uh, go right in. Do you have something to say? No. Nope. Oh, okay. Uh, we'll just go right into BCA, so branched-chain amino acids. Um, this is another super popular supplement um, people like to take uh, before working out, post-working out. There's a lot of different uh, theories on when you should take it, when's the best time, how much you should take. This one really falls under, and I, I don't want to spend a ton of time on it because we really already talked about it, um, something that you can get from your food. Yeah. Um, in your protein. So uh, the best source of getting your essential and non-essential <coughs> non amino acids um, is going to be from your food. So uh, do you need to take BCAs? No, if you are getting enough from your daily nutrition, so from the food you are eating. Uh, so for the, like I know for myself, for Cody, who's like you said earlier, eats a ton of protein. I know I'm, I'm always hitting my protein goals. I don't need to take a BCA. Um, it's really not going to do anything for me because I'm getting enough through the food that I'm eating. So for me, it, it would just be extra. Yeah. Um, BCAs are uh, relatively safe. So are they going to hurt you if you're getting too much of it? No, unless you're taking like way too much. So I did find a few studies where people were like taking crazy amounts of BCAs and they were having serious health, um, health uh, risks. But for the most part, if you're just taking a BCA, you know, one, two scoops a day. It's not going to hurt you. Do you need it? Um, no, if you're hitting your protein goals. So yeah. if you're not, if you're protein deficient, taking a BCA would be beneficial for you. Mm -hmm. um, for if you are, if you're hitting it, then it, it's really just extra. You're kind of just wasting your money. You're, it's just going to run right through your body yeah. and, and you're not going to get anything from it. So Yeah, and it's relatively like an expensive, more expensive um, supplement for yeah. how many servings you generally get with it. Um, to touch on like how you said, like, are you getting your protein goal? It's like, well, also, what are you using your body for? Um, from what I've heard from like a lot of fitness professionals is like 95% of people don't need to regularly take this. If it's supplemented with their diet, um, you have your ultra marathon runners because the mm -hmm. function of like a BCA is directly tied to um, your muscles. Recovery. Yeah. And recovery. 
And so ultra marathon runners are running like what, 200 miles. So you're having to recover in short time spans because you're literally running for 24 hours a day. Um, something like that. Uh, there are benefits to BCAs, but now we're looking at, are you in a surplus going back to what we talked about is, is your body using everything that you're putting into it? Um, so if your diet's on point, generally speaking, you don't need to supplement with this. Mm-hmm. Most people's diets are not on point. Yeah. <laughs> so, I mean, go either way. Just spend a bunch more money on supplements or correct it from the ground up, you know? Yeah. Um, I've never, like, been huge into BCAs. Like, I mean, I've taken them. I've bought them. It's one of those supplements that, again, you can't feel. So, people are like, why am I spending money on this? Um, but, yeah. BCAs, a lot of people, like, when you go back to what your whey protein take whey protein and it has most of the essential amino acids in it already. Yeah. Yeah. You know, and some even have like some extra BCAs in them. Right. So they say, yeah, I mean, most of them, most of them don't. So you'll see a lot of times in, in proteins, they add the um, amino acid profile. Um, most of that just comes from the protein. They're not adding. Yeah, any exactly. It's just breaking yes. down. Yeah. What's right. In protein. All that stuff is found in your protein. Exactly. So, um, eat enough protein. You don't need your BCAs. If, if you're deficient or even if you're questioning, maybe I am, maybe I'm not, you probably are. Mm-hmm. Um, wouldn't be a bad idea for you to take a BCA. Yeah. Um, I'm like Cody. I bought them. I've used them in the past. Um, never really consistently and never noticed a difference when I'm taking them and when I'm not taking them. So that one, I kind of would say yeah. up to you. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I, I like them, especially for like my girls when we are starting our cutting phase. And I mean, they're de- we're decreasing carbs and fats, like their recovery, they need more time to recover because of their, um, we're in a deficit. So sometimes I recommend them, but yeah, it's one of those. Yeah. Like uh, right now, right now I'm drinking BCAs <laughs> right now. I'm drinking BCAs because I put myself through the ringer on Monday and I was feeling the effects of it yesterday and then kind of today. And then I also had a super high volume day today. So I know throughout the weekend I'm going to be super sore. So is it, is there an effect? Am I going to be in a surplus? Am I using all of them? I mean, I'm not, I'm not a lab rat. I'm not testing myself in real time, mm-hmm. but, um, it's kind of like goes back to one of those things you're saying, Tatiana's like, yeah, sometimes I take them because, you know, it's not going to hurt me because I'm yeah. so, so sore. Yeah. Um, but let's look at recovery. Let's start with sleep, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah. let's like, let's really go dial it back and look at when you're recovering. Um, yeah, that, that's kind of all I had on. I mean, knows. And uh, one of the last things we want to talk about, and this kind of ties into, I've said a couple times now, is what well, is your body really using it? Is your multivitamins? Mm-hmm. So, multivitamins in short, and we won't be too long on this in general. Um, multivitamins are generally used to supplement your micronutrients. Mm-hmm. Get them from your food. Yeah. That's, I mean, I'll, I'll say it right there. Like, yeah. are there people that don't get all their micronutrients from their food? Yes supplement with a multivitamin but it's going to come in excess if you ever look at the back of a bottle of a micro uh multivitamin it says it's like three thousand percent of the vitamin c that you need on a daily basis Mm -hmm. so let's dial back and look at what the function of the kidney is inside your body um and netflix released a documentary on vitamin the vitamin industry i don't know if you guys watched it but um the function of your kidney in your body is basically to process all the garbage (laughs) that you drink right um that's why you see people that are alcoholics have like kidney transplants and they'll mm-hmm. be on dialysis and whatnot. But um, if you're consistently overdosing on these 
micronutrients and you're asking your kidney to process all of this and you're peeing out a majority of it, mm-hmm. eventually it's going to have to be wear and tear on your kidney. So yeah. I don't know if there's long-term studies on that. I think that documentary touched on it, but I don't know how valid they were, but you just have to keep, be cognizant of that, that if you need vitamin C, eat oranges. Yeah. If you need vitamin D, go outside. Yeah. You know, um, there's certain things that you could just do as far as habits in your life. And every single one of these supplements we've talked about, we literally have just been like, there's a food that will give you this outside yeah. of fat burners, <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> maybe, but, uh, out the, if you start food first and I think that we can all be on board with that, mm-hmm. um, then you're going to be okay. Yeah. Just understand what's actually in certain foods. And I guess on another podcast, we can break down foods and what their density and certain micro and macronutrients is or are. <clears throat> but, um, but yeah, that's kind of my whole take on multivitamins. Just they're expensive. Mm-hmm. You're already buying food. Mm-hmm. Start there, you know, mm-hmm. um, because you'd be surprised like a lot of the green foods that we eat. And I know a lot of people need to eat a lot more, um, carry a majority of the micronutrients that you need, Yeah, yeah. you know? Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah, that's, that's kind of like my take on, on multivitamins in general, all of these, all of these, uh, supplements that we do take are food first mm-hmm. recovery, sleep recovery or sleep, just not being super sedentary on a daily basis and a proper diet will take care of probably 90% of the things that you need to function on a daily basis, you know? Yeah. I think supplements are so big too, just because people are looking for that easy fix always. And there's so much money in there. So before you buy any supplements, understand that the person at GNC is just trying to sell you their products, you know, um, because it's just, it's a huge industry. So like Cody and Luke and I have been saying, eat your food, eat your good food. Yeah. Yeah. And then resort to exercise, getting outside, doing all that stuff that's going to um, make you a healthy individual without supplements. Yeah. Like most of those supplements, I would take that money and replace it with just buying higher quality food. So high quality meats, um, high quality produce. Mm -hmm. Uh, If you're already spending, you know, 200, $300 a month on supplements, which isn't very uncommon for a lot of people, invest that into your food. You're gonna get way more out of it, bioavailability through that good whole food. Mm -hmm. Um, You're gonna get way more out of it. It's better for you. It's easier for your body to digest. Um, That's the way to go. Yeah, that's good. Yeah, Mm -hmm. food first, sleep. Yeah. Yeah. And really big on consumption. We talked about sleep. We talked about activity. We talked about, we're talking about ingesting anything. The last thing that I guess we'll kind of talk about is, uh, everything that you take in on a daily basis, whether it be from like relationships, what you're consuming digitally, that has a huge effect on your mood, which has an effect on what you do on a daily basis, which has an effect on the amount of that you're sleeping, you're looking at blue light that you're taking in at night. And I guess it's not necessarily a supplement, but it all comes full circle. Um, what you're putting into your body, even down to your relationships, they said that a study just came out recently this year that said that a bad relationship with someone is, puts the same amount of stress on you as smoking 15 cigarettes a day. (laughs) So (laughs) as far as on your heart, you know, so looking at it from that aspect, like be super cognizant of the stuff that you're putting into your body. Mm -hmm. Um, and yeah, I think that's mm-hmm. all we had for today. Yeah. I think that covers it. Yeah. Thank you, guys. All right, y'all. Thank you. Thank you. And stop hitting yourself. <laughs>